Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. I wonder if people, like, look forward to that as much Our as intro? I do. Yeah. Yeah, you always, like, <laughs> dance to it, like I'm singing to you or something. It's like, I know the good stuff is coming. Stuff's around the corner. We are here with a treat for you. That's true. It's a beautiful day in Portland. Um, when I was driving into your house today... Going over the Ross Island Bridge, I could see Mount Hood mm. over to my right, right, mm-hmm. and um, St. Helens over to my left, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. Portland. I love Oregon. And mm-hmm. then I came off the bridge into a <laughs> to my neighborhood. <laughs> no, not into your neighborhood. Like right as you come off the bridge, the entire way there is lined with a camp, and I was like, yep. mm. yeah. <laughs> Two opposites here. Yes. But actually, our story today comes from our good old neighbors up in Washington. Oh, really? Cool. Yes. So I am going to be talking about the case of Lauren McCluskey today. And Lauren grew up in Pullman, Washington. Now, my sister right now is like, Pullman? Because... (laughs) (laughs) Represent. (laughs) Because she went to Washington State. Um, where actually Lauren's parents both worked. But okay. yeah, she lived in Pullman, Washington because both of her parents were professors at Washington State University. You basically don't live in Pullman unless you're going to school there or you work on campus. Yeah, it's like, a university. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. So her parents were professors there, um, but she grew up, she was always super competitive. She was always very active, starting out from being like nine months old, very active all the time. She joined track and field at a very young age, and she excelled in the hurdles and the high jump. Okay. Which, the high jump, man, there is some skill that goes into that. Seriously. I remember watching my uncle try to teach my brother how to do the high jump, because my uncle used to be able to do that. Dude. That's on another level. High jump, long jump, triple jump. I mean, these are all things that I'm just looking at, and I'm like... Are you human? Like, how do you do that? And the hurdles really freak me out because I'm really afraid of hitting my shin. <laughs> but, like, the high jump is just... Anyway. It, yeah. It takes a lot. But Lauren was so good at these that she actually got a scholarship to the University of Utah for okay. track and field. Wow. So she was, like, a really talented athlete. And even though her parents worked for um, the University of Washington, she probably... Or, I'm sorry... I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's going to be so upset with me. Washington State University. (laughs) (laughs) We take those things so seriously. Um, Even though her parents worked for Washington State University, um, and she probably would have gotten a discount if she actually went to the school that her parents worked at, she ended up going to school at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. Which normally I would say it's healthy to like I agree go and, 100%. Go and be an adult, go find yourself. You? But I don't think this turned out great for her. So not, what happened? Yeah, not for <laughs> not for her lack of trying. One of the selling points for Salt Lake City that actually the school talks about is how safe Salt Lake City is. Okay, like I can the, see that. As a major city, it's incredibly safe, and so the, her parents felt really good about it. Lauren felt really good about it. And Lauren was one of those kids that was, she was athletically inclined. She was also academically inclined. She took school really seriously. She didn't party. She wasn't a drinker. She didn't really date a lot. She just like hung out with her friends, did her homework, did her, her track and field. And that was like, she's just like a really, she's a good girl. Yeah. Like 
No concerns whatsoever. So parents feel good about it. Lauren feels good about it. So she goes to the University of Utah. And she makes really good friends out there. Um, she begins studying for a Bachelor of Science in Communication. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> That's my area. Yeah. <laughs> and... So she's going to school. She's really focused on school. She's focused on track. Her and her roommate become really good friends. They attend church together. She hangs out with her friends a lot. Like, she's still keeping on the straight and narrow. She doesn't really date throughout college until her senior year. Timeline is going to be important here because things escalate very fast. Okay. So senior year begins, and one night in September... Right as school is starting, starting. Okay. Um, her and her friends go out to a bar. And when she's at this bar, she meets, she's 21 at this point, she meets a man named Sean Fields. And Sean is working security at the bar. Okay. The bouncer. Yes, he's gotcha. the bouncer guy. He fits the bill. He's huge. Now, when I was listening to this story and doing all my research, every, her friends kept talking about how big he was. They were like... He's four to five times the size of Lauren. And I was like, okay. And everybody's like, he's this big, massive guy. Like, he's super tall. He's super muscular. I didn't realize how big he was until I saw security footage of him. He fills a doorway. Oh, like, that's big. Like, he's... He, he a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very... Okay. And he's an athletic big. Mm. Like, he's... Muscular. And yes. Very muscular. In great shape, very, very, very tall, um, big frame. So him and Lauren, they hit it off. Actually, as Lauren's leaving the bar, they begin talking. She gives him her phone number, and he texts her pretty much immediately, and they make plans to go out on a date the next afternoon. What year is this? Um, this is in 2018. Oh, okay. September of 2018. So... Sorry, we just do so many old cases. I'm like, oh, there were cell phones already? <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. So he texts her. They plan on going out on a date. And she's super excited about it. So they meet up the next afternoon. And he tells her he's 28 years old. He's working um, as a bouncer. But he also goes to a local community college part-time as a computer science student. Hmm, okay. So she's like, all right. He's doing something. Yeah. He's making moves or whatever. And that's, like, that's it for them. Like, they begin dating pretty much with... they. Her friends said they became official within, like, a week and a half. Oh, wow. Like, they're just in That it. is really fast. Very fast. So they become exclusive. She tells her parents about him. Wow. Um, her parents were kind of, like, joking, like, oh, yeah. When they would talk to her, they'd be like, oh, yeah, she's in love or whatever. They said Lauren was, like, a really happy person anyway. Mm. Like, just was happy, optimistic, always yeah. in kind of a good mood. But also kind of emulated those same um, feelings towards her relationship. That yeah. she was just, like, super happy about it and felt like this was a really good fit. Her mom said that she kind of presented it as, like, this old-fashioned courting type thing. He would oh. take her on dates and ask her to go to dinner and, like, stuff like that. That's so cute. So they were, like, excited about it for her. It was, like, her first relationship. Right. Um, An adult seemed, relationship, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And she seemed really happy. But her friends were not as convinced. Hmm. Her friends, obviously, like, her parents are, you know away from her right. so they don't see everything 
but her friends do. So her, her friends are like, hmm. So they immediately notice that Sean's a bit controlling. Oh, okay. So when he called or texted her, she had to drop everything she was doing and answer his text, answer his phone calls. There was no letting him wait. Yeah, red flag. Yep. He would have Lauren pick him up at 2 a.m. after he was off work. Ugh. And he would joke at her, like, with her and be like, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. You gotta remember, like, you have to come pick me up or whatever. And her friends were like, she's going to school full-time. Right. She's exhausted. She's also doing she has responsibilities. practice, everything like that. Yeah. Like, why does she need to come pick you up at 2 a.m.? Like, what did you do before her? Yeah, exactly. He would ask her who she was with, where she was, mm. and she was kind of expected to check in with him, um, even if she was just, like, with her roommate over and over and over again. He'd be like, who are you with? Who are you with? She's like, I told you, I'm oh with my, my roommate. So many red flags. Yeah. And so she was always having to report who she was with, where she was. He'd even ask her to take photos to prove it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That got weird really quickly. Yeah. And... They've only, at this point, been dating for a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah. And so her friends are like, we know that you're kind of new to this whole dating thing. Yeah. And, like, you're not... But this isn't right. This isn't normal. Like, this isn't isn't right. This is normal. And she thought it was, you know, that she was just kind of going along with it. She didn't want to upset him. She didn't want to make him mad. In the meantime, like, Sean had basically moved into her dorm room. Oh, wow. And he's 28. Yeah. And he'd made friends with her friends on campus or whatever. So people would literally let him into the building, even oh. though he didn't have a key card, and just kind of let him come and go. That's a no-no. Big no-no. I, we started doing that at work. Sorry, really quick story. And we just had a, a shift in management. And I didn't know that our regional manager, like, what she looked like yet. Oh, no. And we had just implemented, like, don't let anyone piggyback with you in the doors. And I scanned in. I went to the door. And then she was right behind me. And I was like, do you have your key card? (laughs) I don't know who you are. And she's like, oh, I'm so-and-so. And And I was like, great. Do you have your key card? (laughs) Yeah. And you're not writing off my coattails. (laughs) It was like one of those things. I'm like, I'm super embarrassed. And then she like... Gave me all this praise, like, nope, that's what you're supposed to do. It's my fault for not having my key card. It was like, I'm sorry. Like, like, there's 200 people in this office. I don't know you. Your regional manager got that policy before (laughs) you guys did. She knows. (laughs) Sorry, just it just reminded me of that. I'm like, don't let people piggyback in. No, you do not. Big no. Big, big no. So her friends were like, okay. The Lauren we know is dwindling very fast. Yeah. Like, she's sleep-deprived, she's sad, she's stressed. Like, this is not Lauren. Ugh, and she thinks this is normal. That's so yeah. sad. And then Lauren tells her friend Diamond that Sean wanted to give her a gun. Oh, wow. What? And he said it was for her safety. Safety of what? And Diamond worked as a residential assistant for the school. Sure, like an RA. Yeah. Okay. And Diamond was, like, not really sure why a gun is necessary. Like, we, it's very safe here. There's no reason for you to have one. I mean, can you even have one on campus? Good question. Yes, you can. In the state of what? Utah, they can have a gun on campus, but it has to be a concealed gun, and you have to have a concealed carry permit for no. it. 2018? So, yep, it's Utah. It's Utah. Just gun-toting Utah? Okay. So... The guns are allowed on campus, but you have to follow all these different procedures. And Diamond knows 
that Lauren does not have a concealed carry permit. Okay. And is not sure if the Sean guy does, but it doesn't matter because he's not a student there. So, mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't be giving people guns. Right. And Diamond reports it. In fact, she reports it two different ways. She reports it to her superior, and she also emails, so there's, like, a paper trail, that this is the discussion, this is, you know, what has been reported to her, what are the next steps? Mm -hmm. And she says that she's basically brushed off, and they tell her that they're going to address it in a meeting with Lauren later on. No. But there's never any follow-up on it. No. So everyone's feeling super uneasy about this guy, Aside from the fact that, like, he's huge, and then this whole thing with this gun and everything, her friends are kind of, like, when they're interviewed, they're like, we're scared of him. Like, I mean, he I, scared his, us. by sheer size, he would be intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And that was the thing, is, like, just just size-wise, like, he could snap you in half. Right. But this It sounded whole, like he yeah. had not only that, but his, uh, the way he, yeah. way he acted was weird. So, then Lauren discovers his ID. She sees his driver's license or his ID or whatever it is that he has at this point. And it's his photo, but it's a different name. And the name on there is Melvin Sean Rowland. Okay. It's a three-namer. Well, Sean is his middle name. Right. Roland is his last name. Right. But you're saying it's three first names. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, most people do have three names. Well, a three first namer. Like, (laughs) got it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So she Googles the name. Because what else are you going to do? Good for you, girl. Yeah. I was like, thank God somebody knows what they're doing. So she Googles the name and mugshots begin to pop up. And she very quickly discovers that Sean is actually this guy named Melvin. Uh-huh. From this point on, that's what we will be referring to him as, is Melvin. Melvin. And he's actually 37 <gasps> years old. Whoa. He is a registered sex offender. No. For forcible sexual abuse and enticing a minor over the internet. A minor. So at this point, Lauren's like, okay, this needs to like, yeah, end. No, fine. And you know that she's done done because she calls her mom and tells her mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Call your mom. That's when you're done done. Call your mom. Yeah. Yep. As, if you're not calling your mom and telling your mom, then you're not done done. Right. Like you're trying to keep mm-hmm. that door open, but she called her mom. Yep. And she's like, how do I handle this? What do I do? Like she's trying to figure out how to deal with this safely. In the middle of school year. Yeah. Gosh. And her mom's like, you need to cut all ties with this guy. Like you yep. need to be, get out, get out. Mm-hmm. And so she asks him to come over or whatever. And he does. Oh, she was going to in person. She's going to do this in person. Okay. And that night, Melvin shows up at her dorm. But instead of knocking on the door, she catches him peeking in through her window. Ew. And like peering in that way. Ew. She's like, what What are you doing? (laughs) She ends up letting him in anyway. And she tells him everything she's found, everything she knows. She's like, I this needs to be done or whatever. And he says that he was set up and he was framed and all these other things. It's like, okay, cool, but why did you lie about your age? Everything else. And her roommate said every time he would go to leave or she would ask him to leave, he would force himself on her. 
which I'm not exactly sure what that means. Probably like push and shove into a hug or something. Like, but then he ends me. up staying all night. He's there until morning time. So I don't know if they argued all night or if he like was forcing himself on her in a sexual, sexual way. way. I have no idea what the details are. It was very vague, but that's what the friend said. And that he would basically use his size to intimidate her. There's no way for her to get past him right. or whatever. So in the morning, he agrees to leave, um, but he says that he's got no way to get where he needs to go, and he's going to borrow her car. And she's like, cool, take the car, just get out of here, my, just go. Yeah, get out of my life. And he's like, all right, um, I'll park it in this university parking lot that was really, really far away. No, it was, like, very low traffic. Nobody was really around. Okay. And so her, um, she called and told her mom, and her mom was like, ah, 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 ah. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, such a mom, nah. <laughs> Very dangerous, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to go and get your car off of this distant parking lot where no one is that this guy has left your car at. Like, this is a very dangerous situation. What if right. he's waiting for you? Right. Her mom actually ends up calling campus police. Oh, good. And she explains the situation to campus police and reports him, says, you know, I think this is that he's dangerous. This is everything he's told her. This is all the lies she's found out. She tells them about his age. She tells them about the fact that he's a sex offender, all of these different things. And so the campus police send an escort with Lauren to go get her car. Oh, good. And she's able to retrieve the car safely. Okay. This Sigh is of the, relief. This is the first and last time campus police does their job. Oh. <sighs> So they get the car back, and parents say that based on this interaction, they felt really good about how the police responded to the situation. Now, remember, campus police are actual police officers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they felt really good about how they responded to the situation. They felt like their daughter was in safe hands, that she was going to be okay. So almost immediately, at this point, it's October 9th. So okay. literally been like a month at this point. So October 9th, Lauren starts getting messages from random numbers. And this is literally within like a day or two of them breaking up. Okay. She gets messages from random numbers, supposedly from his friends. And his friends are like, why did you break up with him? He's so like, he's so hurt. And why would you do that to him? And you're such a bitch and blah, blah, blah. And, and just like, like Here's harassing the her. <laughs> and Lauren... And her friends thought that he was using an app to change his number. Oh, yeah. And text her. And then she started getting messages that he was in an accident and he had oh been hospitalized. God. No. And then she got another message saying that he had died. This is like catfish strategies times yeah. a thousand. So Lauren blocks these numbers, and then she calls her mom, and her mom reasons with her, and her mom's like, listen, if he'd been in a fatal car accident, there would be a police report, there would be some mm -hmm. kind of report, we would be able to find evidence of this. Nothing. He's alive and yeah. well. Then Lauren sees that he's posting on social media. <laughs> okay. So she's like, okay, you're not dead, or whatever. So then she gets a text asking her to come to his funeral, Oh, my God. So she responds and says, I know he's alive. Please leave me alone and don't text this number. I got police involved. And then blocks the number. Good. So she calls campus police to report it. And when she calls campus police, it's October 12th. But a case isn't opened by campus police until October 19th. Okay. A whole week later. Right. 
Now, several things are going to happen during this week. Oh, no. So October 12th, she makes the initial report about all of these text messages that she's been Just getting. Just harassment. Yeah. And says that she feels like someone is trying to lure her into a dangerous situation mm-hmm. to hurt her. She thinks this quote-unquote funeral is a setup to try and get her somewhere for her to then get oh, hurt. 100%. And they basically tell her that they can't do anything because the texts aren't threatening any type of violence. <sighs> And they tell her to contact them if it escalates. The next day, on October 13th, remember, still Mm -hmm. no police report opened. On October 13th, she gets an email threatening to release sexually explicit photos of her and Melvin. And posting them on social media unless she pays $1,000. So she calls campus police again. And she says that she's being blackmailed, that they're asking for $1,000. Lauren ends up paying the money. Oh, my god! Because she doesn't want her photos being released of to course. all of campus. And still nothing happens. So that same day, Lauren goes down to the campus police station to make a report in person. Again, still no report has been opened at oh this point. Oh, no. And despite the fact that extortion and blackmail is actually a crime, crime. the police tell her that they think that she's being scammed, and they also tell her that they think both her and her ex are targets of the scam, because the photos are of both of them, not just her. Oh my gosh. And they're like, he must have been hacked, and he's a victim too. And Lauren's like, nah... No. So she also then uses this encounter to also report the fact that he peeks in through her window and stuff like that. She's like, this is what I've seen. This is what I've caught. Everything like that. The police still dismiss her. So at this point, they check his criminal history. They see his charges and everything like that. And then they tell Lauren they're going to refer her to a detective or whatever. And they'll have an update for her in three days. Lauren decides instead that she's going to call Salt Lake City PD. Good. And Salt Lake City PD follows their policy and refers her back to campus police. No. Because it's outside of their jurisdiction. Oh, stop it. So Lauren... Someone's in danger. Help them. So Lauren continues to call campus police, reporting the additional... She keeps getting these harassing texts, blackmail attempts, all these different things. She keeps getting dismissed. She keeps being told a detective's going to be in touch with her. So then 10 days after they've broken up at this point, she gets a text that says, what did you tell the cops? We know everything. Who's we? Yeah. So now she's afraid that like he's hacking her text messages because he does have some type of computer something that he knows. Oh, that's right. He's going to school for. That's he's not actually going oh. to school, but he but is that would be very tech savvy. Yeah. yeah. And she's so she calls Salt Lake City Police Department again. She's like. I've been trying to get work with campus police. They're not helping me. I'm not getting an update. I need help. This is what's happening. And I'm afraid that I'm being hacked, that my information that I'm reporting to the police is being sent back. And the reason that she doesn't actually report this to campus police is because at this point, she's been given a campus police officer's direct phone number. So she's been texting and calling with this officer directly. Mm -hmm. And she's afraid that whoever is potentially watching her messages would see is interjecting and getting those yeah Hmm. so again salt lake city pd refers her back to campus police my gosh so 
During this time, 30 officers are responsible for the 30,000 students on campus. That's a lot. It's a lot, but if you think, like... Oh, girl, that's a lot. My college is like 2,000 people. people. No, it's a lot of people, but what is the crime rate on campus? That's true, too. That's true. You know, but... Arguably, they are very understaffed. Yeah. That's clear. I mean, at the end of the day, they are responsible for 30,000 people. That's just a lot of people. Right. So, on this day that she is, you know, being told that she's going to be hacked, or that she's been hacked, everything like that, she calls Salt Lake City PD. Salt Lake City PD refers her back to campus. Then Salt Lake City PD calls over to the campus police. They're like, this is her case number. She keeps calling us. Can you please have somebody do something? Yeah, help her. So, that day, a detective calls her. From the campus. Yes. So that day, a detective calls her. That's part of the campus police. And she tells Lauren to email her all the information. It's probably a scam, though. That's terrible that she was like, "Eh, go ahead and send me everything, but I'll just tell you now. It's probably not going to go anywhere. Like, you're not reassuring the victim here. So then the the detective that's assigned to her case is off for three days. Ah. And nobody's following up on Lauren's case in the meantime. So, on October 22nd, again, this is all happening within a couple weeks. So quick, yeah. On October 22nd, she gets another text from an unknown number claiming to be a campus police officer and asking Lauren to meet him. No, no, no. So, Lauren calls campus police. And they tell her not to answer the text message and not to go meet the guy. Oh, good. But, (sighs) but, 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 they never were like, where does he want to meet you? Uh, We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. This person's impersonating a police officer, which is a crime. Right. They're trying to lure somebody into a situation. A crime. Ah. And they're not like, let's use this as an opportunity to get the guy. They're just like, don't go. You shouldn't go. <laughs> Lauren was like, no freaking kidding. I wasn't going to, but like, <laughs> can you do something? Like, no shit, Sherlock. I'm not going to go, but can you do something about it? This is literally the most frustrating case. Um, Dateline covered this case, and the title of the episode is She Did Everything Right. That's true. Because it she like did, it. She called and called and called. She went down in person. She yeah. sent emails. She, like... First of all, talked to officers mom, directly. Googled her mom him. talked to campus police. Her friends yeah. talked to police. Like they tried, she tried two different police, um, I don't know, agencies, precincts. precincts? Yeah. yeah. Tried two different ones to try and get help. And every time they were like, it's, you're fine. You'll be fine. Oh, so frustrating. So October 22nd, she's still, she's not going to go and meet up with the person, obviously. That's part of the reason she's calling. Um, <laughs> Dim wads. You know, it's not very often that I get upset with police officers yeah. that I'm upset. <laughs> like, you'd think the police officer would be like, oh, this is, you know what? I've been doing nothing stake all year. Out. I'm yeah. going to go stake him out. I'm going to go catch this guy. I'm going to go ask him what his problem is. I'm going to maybe. I'm going to arrest him for impersonating maybe a police at officer. Maybe unholster my gun, do something, have yeah. a story to tell during Thanksgiving this year. Nothing. You know, blow the dust off these handcuffs. Something. No. God. So that same night, security footage shows big old Melvin. No. Inside Lauren's dorm building. No. Waiting for Lauren. Someone had let him in. Oh my gosh. And he's holding a black bag. 
And he's pacing back and forth. My gosh. Looking out the front door windows. Oh, that gives me skeeves. Just like, ugh. Two hours later, it shows that he sees something out in the parking lot and exits the building. And what he sees is Lauren coming across the parking lot. She's on the phone with her mom and she's returning from an evening class. And her mom said she sounded positive. She was going in to finish an assignment when she hears Lauren start yelling, no, no, no. And then a crashing noise like Lauren's being tackled. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Her mom keeps calling out for her, but Lauren's not answering. And her mom listens as Lauren is attacked. Oh no. And her dad calls 911. And he says, my daughter is a student at the University of Utah. My wife is on the phone with her. She can hear her being attacked. And so it gets called in as a possible kidnapping. Police quickly shut down campus and notices go out that there's been a shooting on campus and they put it in lockdown. There's a shooting? There's a shooting on campus. Everything goes into lockdown because police show up on campus and very quickly figure out what's happened. So the area is roped off. Police and canine are running everywhere. Guns out. Everything. Hours later, police say that a student was killed on campus, (gasps) and they release Melvin's picture as the wanted person, but they do not name the victim, but immediately Lauren's friends know. Of course. So despite doing everything right, Mm. calling police over and over again, calling two different precincts, trying to get help, Lauren's body is found in the backseat of a car on the campus parking lot with multiple gunshot wounds. She was shot. She was shot. He literally went outside, tackled her, shoved her into a car, and shot and killed her in the car. And then oh, left her there. Oh, no. And his, our mom heard all of this? Her mom heard her being tackled. She did not okay. hear the gunshots, Oh, thankfully. my gosh. A manhunt begins. But Melvin is already off to go on a date with a woman that no. he had met online just a few days earlier. No. The same night? Same night. No. Literally leaves there to go on a date. Ugh. He is not discovered until 1246 that morning. Police see him. He takes off running. He runs into a church. They're finally able to get into the building. And by the time they get into the building, they find Melvin dead by suicide. Oh. Minutes after Lauren's body is found and before they find Melvin, police learn that Melvin is actually out on parole. Whoa. And had they bothered to pull up his parole status when they checked his criminal record, they would have seen that. But they didn't. They never did. Part of his parole status as a sex offender and what he has done and everything like that. First of all, the general. You can't commit a crime. You can't impersonate a police officer. You can't be harassing people. You can't have a gun. For him specifically, because his crimes Mm -hmm. involve minors... Uh, websites, internet, that kind of stuff. He's also not allowed to have social media. Oh. He's not allowed to be using the internet unsupervised. All things that he was doing. All things that were reported. Lauren reported that he had social media. And campus police never bothered to check his parole status. And had they checked it, they would have been within their rights to arrest him right away. But they didn't. It's very obvious that the police department was not up to date. First of all, they were not staffed correctly. They were not up to date on crimes against women, modern crimes Mm -hmm. involving the internet, social media, those kind of things, dating crimes. 
But the campus police chief released a statement saying that they had acted accordingly because she had only reported that she was being threatened via reputation and financially. That no one was threatening her harm. So the university ordered a review, and obviously they found many, many shortcomings. Right. Of the review, 30 changes were recommended, and they were implemented. Oh, good. And then the university president released a statement saying that she didn't think that the report offered any reason to believe that this tragedy could have been prevented. Bullshit. The parents hear this statement, outraged, obviously, and then find out that the dispatcher who helped facilitate Lauren's car return and also two administrators that were on site after the shooting were awarded honors (gasps) in Lauren's case. For this? Now, that's not to say that some people didn't do some things that were right, but you have a girl that's now dead. Oh, gosh. And y'all did the bare minimum at this point. Yeah, you can't can't give them participation trophies for... Literally. Literally participation. That was the best way to explain it. Yes. Like, oh, gosh. The police chief ended up retiring in October 2019 because of the scrutiny around Lauren's case. It was also later discovered that the officer that had been working with Lauren directly via text message Uh and phone calls, had taken Lauren's photos that were being used as part of the extortion claim and showed them to his coworkers. No! Without a work reason. Oh, my gosh. Now, that officer had already left the force, but others that were involved in it were fired, obviously. (sighs) Then, here's the audacity. The audacity. Um, hold on. I'll wait to get to the audacity. So the parents, the parents are obviously like, um, just outraged. Like, yeah. how do you, you know, I'd be pissed. I'd be mad. I'd be doing something. Yes. Something. So before the university president actually like resigns and retires or whatever, or the university president does end up resigning. The police chief retires. The university president ends up resigning, but not before Lauren's parents file a $13.5 million, Well, they've actually filed a $56 million lawsuit against the school. They win $13.5 million. At that point, the university president, the same one that had said that they didn't think that this crime could have been prevented, mm-hmm. released a statement saying that there had been many mishandlings in the case, and for this reason, this would be the amount awarded. Three million of it went to a foundation that the parents set up in Lauren's name. Mm. But the parents said that all the money directed to them would also go to the foundation. Wow. Then, (laughs) the police officers, in this case, in 2021, back to the audacity, had the nerve to file a $10 million lawsuit against the university. The fuck for? Saying that their reputations... Oh my god. ...had been... Uh, tarnished tarnished and the school had used them as a scapegoat in the case so the police chief the officer that showed lauren's explicit Mm -hmm. photos Mm -hmm. and then the three officers he showed it to all filed this suit saying that their good names and reputation had been ruined by this school no no you did that to yourselves yeah i was like but what you're suing for getting fired for not doing your job like you got fired for not, not even doing not, your, doing, your, not your, doing it like yeah like, like and doing stuff wrong and 
obviously like the police chief like you literally like this you mishandled everything but the guy that's sitting around showing her photos i was like where do you get the nerve right you ruined your own name sir right like the ones that got shown the pictures i kind of get it but you've also should have spoken up and said what are we gonna do about it and reported him but not at least the the guy who showed the pictures you're a piece of shit yeah you no. Nope. So that case, is, that lawsuit is still pending. Um, again, that was just oh, filed right, in 2021. Fresh. Yeah. Where can I write a letter? <laughs> Sign me. Okay, yeah. listen. Two protests I will be attending. <laughs> One, this protest right here yeah. to make sure that they don't get awarded the money. Two, if anyone tries to release Gary Ridgway, oh coming up to Washington. Washington is... Yeah, we'll okay, talk about it. That's a whole it. other yeah, thing. We'll talk about it. So the parents... With this foundation that they've started in Lauren's name, they help pass a bill in Utah that requires public colleges to offer programs on sexual assault, stalking, and domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Good. They also use their foundation to offer financial support to track and field athletes for Aww. those who are competing but can't afford the cost or want to compete, can't afford that kind of thing. Um, they also support animal shelters, including one in Washington that has the Lauren McCluskey Cat Wing. Because she had two cats, and she used to volunteer at the shelter when she was younger. Gives me goosies. And an indoor track facility is being built and named after Lauren on campus as part of the settlement. Super cool. The University of Utah awarded a posthumous degree to Lauren in communication. (sighs) And that is the story of Lauren McCluskey. My goodness, though. I mean, the campus police... Going back to like that little story I told about the piggybacking into doors and whatnot, at the very, 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 very least, they could have sent out a memo to all the students. Hey, just a reminder, don't let anyone in without a key card or, you know, let anyone into the buildings. I mean. Or put out his mugshot had they fucking Googled him. But then it's like. At the very least, I'm saying like something. Well, here's the kicker. They never checked his parole status despite knowing that he had a criminal record. And had they checked his parole status oh, and that's had, right, she told them. And had anyone had anyone bothered to report the fact that he was trying to give out guns, right. He could have been arrested right away. Right. Right away. Oh, that's awful. There were literally so many. It happened so fast, but there were so many times that and they the could most have intervened. The heartbreaking part is that you're right. She tried to... She, she did, did everything. everything right. Yeah. She did everything that they tell you to do. I mean, starting off with, let's Google the motherfucker. Yes, please. Yeah. Do that every single time you're starting to date someone new or you just meet someone, whatever. You always Google them. Call your mom when call you're your mom. concerned. Call your mom. Call, call your, your mom. mom. Google them and call your mom. And the then, only thing she, like, didn't but, do is, like, actually getting off campus, like... But she didn't even have time. Right. Like, this, this literally happened, happened so in a couple quickly. weeks, and she's in school. But she shouldn't have to. No. She should not have to. She should not have to leave her school, become some... Crazy. Yeah. Some big old bastard out here trying to run up on her that doesn't even actually go to that school. Like, why should she have to leave? Wow. She did everything she was supposed to do, above and beyond. The fact no, that definitely. she then went and was like... I'm not getting the help I need and going to the actual Salt Lake City PD twice. Yeah. And avoiding so many circumstances where, I I mean, it could have been unfortunately sooner, like retrieving the car, 
she did the right thing. She had someone yeah, escort her. Because my or, dumb ass would have been like, let me. Me let too. Me, try like, me. Take an Uber. Try me. First of all, they wouldn't have taken my car. But, yeah. and then, you know, the second time where they're like, oh, meet me so-and-so, such-and-such place, da-da-da-da, because I'm a cop. She caught that that was fake, too, and was yeah. like, I'm not doing it. No. She goes catching all the red flags. She and not only did she not do it. She walked in with a bundle of red flags to the cops and yeah. were like, hey, look at all the, look at this bouquet of red flags I have. And they're yeah. like, no. And then the audacity no. for them to say, <laughs> like, oh, well, we had no reason to believe that they were threatening violence. It's like, are you paying attention? <sighs> Are, are you paying attention Also, here? were they, like, 90 years old? Like, do you they not somebody know that's impersonating, impersonating a police officer trying to lure a student, and that's not a threat of violence. Really, at that what, point, What though, was going to happen? Was, ha- was he going to play Scrabble with her? Like, what did gosh. they think was going to happen if he got her somewhere pretending to be a police officer? And it's not even, like, it's the holidays or anything. It's the middle of October. And it's- he's on campus for two hours before, before I mean, the shooting happens. And I, I, was, I was about to say, like, before anyone does anything. That no one did anything no about it. No one did it. anything. Oh, that is just... It's so upsetting. and sad and maddening. And I When I heard the part on Dateline where they said the officer had um, shown her photos, I literally went... <gasps> like, yeah. as I was driving, I was like, no. Like, yeah. insult to injury. What? Disgusting. Unethical. What? So many things. Just, oh, my gosh. She's literally trusting these people to help her, and not only do they not help her, but she has certain officers that are making a mockery of her, showing around her photo. That's awful. And not one of them said, hey, how can we help this girl? How can we serve and protect her? Protect and serve? Yeah. How can we protect her? No. And I, like the, the I, guy, truly, <sighs> I truly do try and give the benefit of the doubt in these situations and go, well, it, they could have been doing it for this reason or they could have, you know, for this reason. There's, there's always two sides to the story, right? Why certain people acted in the way they did or didn't act in the way they did. I do not see. I, I don't I, see I their side of it. I can't devil as advocate this. No, no. I can't. Honestly, because, I mean, really, like, bare minimum yeah. would have been send and admittedly, out an email or, like, Google him or put his name down or, like... Yeah, and it's, like, bare it's minimum. True. They're understaffed. They're undertrained. Why was that not a priority? Why in modern day is that not a priority when you are dealing with campus students that are dealing with things like date rape, domestic violence, dating abuse, um... Social media crimes, internet crimes, harassment. You know, but if the school is flaunting, like, oh, we're such a low crime, you know, campus, city, etc., then what the hell else did you have that made this go into the back burner? Like, you literally put this in the fridge. Right. Like, it, you weren't doing anything yeah. about it. What was the priority case that what? took precedence over this? Right. Was it, like, a cheating scandal? Like, what yeah. could have really gone... Yeah, I just think that they literally had no idea what they were doing, and nobody took accountability to figure out what to do since they were so ill-equipped. Girl, you got me riled up. I know. Imagine how I've been feeling. Imagine how I've been feeling. That's just awful. I am not an overly critical person. Hopefully this doesn't discourage anyone else to, like, not do any of the right things. Well, and like I said, they've implemented the early changes according to the review. They've that bill went through so now they have to offer training and programs related to these things so changes have happened as a result um but 
yeah, it's very, um, it's very daunting to think that like you can do everything right and try and do everything you can to protect yourself. And that's what happens to you. Yeah. That's awful. Okay. Now back to Ridgeway. (laughs) (laughs) And detour. Yeah, we're going back to Ridgeway because just miscarriages, miscarriages of justice. Or, I guess, penalties. I, so, <laughs> I just posted this the other day where the state of Washington, there's a bill trying to get passed that for people that were sentenced life without parole, mm-hmm. without the possibility of parole, their cases can be re-reviewed for the sentencing portion. Mm-hmm. And Ridgeway... Now, hold on. The reason that he has life without parole is because Washington reversed yep. their death penalty. Yes. So originally he was sentenced to death. They reversed yes. the death penalty. So he was instead resentenced to life without parole. Correct. So now I don't know what the outcome would be. He would be eligible. What the alternate would be. He would be eligible to submit his case for review <sighs> to actually be released. Now, that's not to say that that is going to happen. But don't give him a chance. But 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 <laughs> when COVID happened, Gary Ridgway was on the list of people to be released under house arrest. He was not. Yes, he was. No way. Yes, he was. Because I remember reading. Mm-hmm. So this is now the second time where they've considered. Now, if you do not know who Gary Ridgway is, Gr- Gary Ridgway is the Green River Killer. He is a serial killer that I think has killed like oh what was it like forty eight people or We've something like that. We've covered him. No, we have not. We have not. We have not. It's one that I really want to do. So I remember when he was arrested, he's killed 48 people, or he's been convicted of 48 separate murders. There's probably more. He goes by the moniker, the Green River Killer. Um, Yeah, when COVID happened, it was considered to have him released. So Washington, we need to have some, we need to to sit down and have a talk. About how you're not going to do this. He was actually the case that Ted Bundy helped with. Yes. Ted Bumpty helped build that profile yep. out or whatever. Um, he is like one of one of the people I have written down on my list because I remember him being arrested because mm-hmm. I lived in the air. I lived in the we Pacific Northwest when he was. I will. I will. I okay, will. Okay, but it okay. it's such a it's an in depth case. So I oh, have to yeah. be ready. Like yeah. I have to be ready. It's to a do big that. one. But no, I can't believe that they um, that the <laughs> that they're even considering this. I, I mean, the bill hasn't gone through, so we'll see what happens. But that's all I got. That's the case. If you're just as mad as us about our case. Sorry. Oh, let us know. Um, and as always, you can check us out on all the social medias. You can also check us out on patreon.com forward slash stranger danger podcast, where if you are a Patreon, any case suggestions that you have go to the top of the list of what we will cover next. Yep. And remember to give us five stars on Apple. If you listen there. All right. I think that's today's case. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.